And we are live! Welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is March 1st, 2020. It is March, guys. For episode 19 of 30 Rack of Sports, today on the show we're going to be talking some college basketball. Of course. A little bit of pro basketball and some pro hockey in the state of Ohio. A little bit of spring training going on in the state of Arizona. And Florida. As well as getting you prepped for the MLS season starting yesterday, but really starting in the state of Ohio today with the crew, with FC Cincinnati, big time. I know we're all super excited. Super. But first, we get into some introductions. I am Greg, the talent, the hero, the man who ties it all together. Across from me today is the opinions a man who loves recording at 7 o'clock at night about as much as Mark Turgeon loves 9 p.m. tip-offs. It's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Uh, doing great that it's not 7 o'clock here. It's a nice little a.m. show today for everybody. Yeah, because someone was very upset. Didn't want to record at night. No, I didn't. So high maintenance. Uh, it's like an hour round trip for me to get here, so. Alrighty, and to my right, the man on the ones and twos. The man who believes in unicorns, the Tooth Fairy, and FC Cincinnati's ability to win their first two matches. It's Josh. Hey, Josh, how we doing? Hey, here we are. It's match day. MLS is here, and it's March. It's no longer... Uh, I hope everyone had a great leap day, actually. It was leap day. I was very hungover. I was, was very hungover oh, okay. as well. Yeah, you guys went to Bachfest. Yeah, you have to tell yeah. us about Bachfest. Oh, we'll tell you about Bachfest. We'll get into Bachfest later. You're doing your, is that a crew chant that you're doing? Yeah, it's a big old crew, crew uh, chant. Uh, buck, oh, buck, 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 okay. buck. Crew. It's nice. But first, before we get into talking the MLS, before we get into criticizing big Xavier fan Josh, before we talk that... spring training, <laughs> we're going to need a beer. And because as Zach stated... We're doing a little AM show, and it was my week for beer. I decided, why not start the day with a little bit of a breakfast out? So we are going to the northwest part of Ohio, to Toledo, Ohio, to Mommy, Bray, Mommy Bay Brewing <coughs> Company. Mommy, Mommy, Mommy Bay. For their Total Eclipse breakfast stout. Finally got up to uh, that northwest corner. Yeah, finally, finally. It smells like Toledo. Uh-oh. <laughs> Greg's never you opened. You having uh, some trouble over there? We don't have cans today. We have bottles, and Greg's never used a bottle opener Is before. this our first bottle on the show? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure this is... You're struggling over there. What if you, you wrestle it like a bear, I think you can get it what off. What are you doing, man? That's my not great bottle opener. We I need, needed my actual good one. We need it just like a, like a jackhammer in here. Apparently. Sorry, Mom. He, he, he worked himself around to it. He's all, he's all right. Oh, that's pretty good, though. That's got the full stout flavor to it. Every bit of it. That's good, though. It's a 9%er. We're, we're drinking 9% beer. At good way to wake up on oh, a Sunday. Good morning. Easy yeah. like Sunday morning. Now, I don't taste any of the eggs or the bacon. I but, know. I'm uh, bummed about that. It's got, like, a sweet taste to it, though. Certainly. Certainly a... Pretty solid stout. I mean, overall, full, 
full-bodied. It's very stout. Very stout. But yes, a, a stout observation. Oh, boo. Boo. You boo us. Boo. Boo to all these guys. Well, if you're looking for Mommy Bay Brewing, it is in the heart of Toledo. The heart of that stunning metropolis that is Toledo. Right on Broadway Street. Right near Swan Creek. Oh, wow. It's right Mommy Bay. Mommy Bay. Well, we'll be drinking the beer. We'll be talking some Bachfest later. But, uh, Josh, we got to do that thing that we do. Yeah, we got to do. You got to give us some headlines here. Alrighty, we start into our Ohio news. The Cleveland Cavaliers finished up the week 2-2 two and two with wins over Miami and Philadelphia, then ending the week with losses against New Orleans and Indiana. Cavs are now 3-3 three and three since the coaching change and all-star break. Uh, two big uh, performers this week, Colin Sexton, 22 points per game. Got his season average now over 20 points per game. And Kevin Porter Jr. averaging over 16 points per game, including 30 in the win versus the Miami Heat. They have four home games this week before they go on a road trip during conference championship week. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, unfortunately struggled a little bit this week. One and two this week with an overtime win against the lowly Ottawa Senators and then takes not one but two losses to the Minnesota Wild. Currently in the second wild card spot, clinging by one point. Um, did have the trade deadline happen this week. Uh, really, only one trade of note for the Jackets traded Sonny Milano for Devin Shore, and Sonny Milano uh, proceeded to score two goals in his uh, debut for the Anaheim Ducks. So, always great to see. Uh, spring training starting in the state of Arizona for both the Ohio teams. Reds are three and four currently, with their standout being Jose Garcia. Uh, he had two home runs in Tuesday's game versus the Angels. The 21-year-old prospect, which is the youngest in Reds camp, uh, he is a top 100 prospect. Has only played in high A and fall league, but some experts feel like there's an outside chance that he could be on the roster during the start of the year. The Indians' uh, rough start to spring training so far, only two and six. But the early, start, or the early standout has been outfielder Franmil Reyes, uh, acquired in the Bauer trade last year, who has three doubles and two homers so far uh, after losing some weight over the winter to get more agile, but has not lost any sort of power. Also, conference tournaments starting this week in some conferences. Uh, the one conference starting this week is the Horizon League. Wright State looks to be the one seed. Youngstown State, the five seed. Cleveland State, the nine seed. Um, and then also in the MLS, as we said, opening weekend is today, or opening day is today for both of the Ohio teams. The crew start at home at 1230 today versus New York City FC, while FCC travels to New Jersey to play the New York Red Bulls. Exciting. Exciting, big time. But I think the one place to probably start, because like we said, we're recording early, do not have all of the scores for the FC Cincinnati game, for the crew game, so we won't give you all of our fantastic takes that will be exceedingly wrong. So I think we start with the team that played last night, the Cavs, 2-2 two and two this week, 3-3 three and three after firing John Beeline. 
Zach, do you just find this to be kind of the new coach bump, or do you think the Cavs have really turned a corner here? Um, both a little bit. Um, I don't know. You see this in any sport. I feel like anytime a coach gets fired, it kind of wakes some guys up a little bit. Um, and I, but I do think Bickerstaff's obviously probably bringing in much more of um, an NBA style, such so yeah. as practice, expectations, um, rotation for those guys. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think you know four or six is a. Nice way to start off the bigger staff air. Yeah, I think you go back for from a player standpoint. I think you go back to more of the the NBA norm, mm-hmm. whereas you kind of went through whatever kind of system you were trying to run with Beeline, and then tr- kind of had that few months of that forced normal yeah. where they kind of looked like they were going to turn the corner and have a good relationship. But you know, I think everyone's just happy to be back in a calmer, non-confrontational. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you also look, you know, a lot of these players after a coach gets let go wants to be like, hey, it wasn't my fault. It was his fault. So Mm -hmm. you kind of get that bump. Right. Obviously, the new confidence from some people saying, hey, maybe we're all turning a corner and everything. So you look at that from several different places. Yeah, I think they they have they have some talent. You know, they have a nice little, uh, like you said, Sexton and. um, Yeah. Porter Porter, Jr. has been getting a, a kind of a bigger. Roll, um, roll, yeah. Like, like we said, uh, you know, thirty points against the Heat in a big comeback on Monday. They were down, you know, twenty-two points. Defense mm-hmm. was pretty terrible at the beginning. Got better. It seems like you know Bickerstaff, being a guy who's been in the NBA, knows how to make adjustments a little bit better. So they certainly seem like a team that does get better as the game goes on. They've had you know two comeback wins, led the whole way against Philadelphia. So. It seems like at least a little bit more structure. I don't know right. what Def- exactly they'll turn into. Definitely, and I know you've harped on this a lot um, all season long about the third quarters and how terrible they've been in the third quarter. And they so put bad. together some, so some decent second halves this past week. So it's good to see them kind of turn in the corner. Yeah, they, I four, mean, four of their last six. Yeah, they, they um, actually four of their last seven because of oh, the loss seven. last night. But uh, everybody needs a temper. It's Cleveland. Yeah. To rebuild, yeah, like temper we said it last down week, a little bit. Know, it's well, nice, one, nice week, but well, yeah. The, the one thing that you th- that you do kind of see is you know they are last in the East, but all the teams are pretty much between like uh, I think it's like twenty three and seventeen wins or something. All the non playoff teams in the East, so they're making their way to mediocre. And at that point, during a you know during a rebuild, you kind of want to take the baby steps, uh, but also maybe not kill your chance of getting a very high draft pick right. because at that point you know when when you're in this situation you want to be able to show some development out of your young guys whether whether it's porter sexton or uh garland but also you know kind of keep yourself in that situation where you can amass some more good talents whether it's a uh, anthony edwards or uh james wiseman or something in the draft next year and it's cleveland so shoot for mediocrity and it sounds like they're doing that now so that's always exciting they'll be all right they'll be all right <laughs> Uh, college basketball though, getting to be, getting to be about that time. What time? Uh, What's coming up? Crunch time. Crunch time. Championship week. Championship week. The ship. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, as, as, uh, mentioned during the news, one conference, one big Ohio conference starting their tournament this week, the bro rising, bro rising, but also, uh, you know, starting off, we're only about a week and a half away from, uh, or I'm sorry, only about a week away from the MAC tournament starting. The two top, the top two seeds look to be 
the Zips and the Bowling Green Falcons. Uh, Falcons got a big win at home over the Zips this week, so uh, kind of back and forth to see who will be the top two seeds. And then also starting in the middle of next week, you got the Big East starting on March 11th. Xavier currently in the in the seven seed, which would mean they'd get no buy. Um, Dayton has clinched the one seed in the A10, which also starts on March 11th. Lies. Uh, so they would get the actual double buy in that tournament. Um, in the AAC, which starts on the 12th, uh, right now Cincinnati's tied for the two seed, uh, half game back of Tulsa with Houston. But obviously, with the big game happening, you know, today between Cincinnati and Houston, that mm. could change. Who wins that game? And then in the Big Ten, uh, Ohio State currently tied with Michigan for the seven seed. They play uh, today, though. They would get one. They would get, uh, yeah, one by. So kind of fighting, but a lot of teams, you know, with Ohio State and Michigan still having, I believe, three games left, and a lot mm-hmm. of teams having, you know, two games left. Still some volatility between probably, you know, four through nine in the Big Ten right now. A lot of teams kind of in that five hundred oh, yeah. range. So I guess. Uh, Starting with you, Josh, which of these tournaments would you say are you most excited to see from an Ohio perspective? Besides uh, the Big Big East, right? I mean, we oh, know. oh yeah, Big East. No, I'm sorry, Xavier's not making. You got for Big East, you got uh, Seton Hall, Creighton, Villanova, Marquette. Like, this is not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, Don't say. I'm sorry for you. Shut the. I could care less. I'm most excited to see the Big Ten tournament actually yeah. because Ohio State, I think, is really. Coming on when they need to. Don't jinx it. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't, don't want to jinx on. it. Something's uh, brewing. You know, they 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 beat Maryland. They've shown they can hang in there in tough games, and they're scoring more points. Yeah, uh, they averaged sixty four point five points in January, uh, where they went uh, two and five. Uh, they're averaging just under seventy points now, and have only lost uh, two of their mm-hmm. eight games in February. So they're trending upward. I think they've fixed the offense a little bit. Less droughts. They've shown they can. Run with the big dogs, uh, maybe. I I think the one interesting thing about from a Big Ten perspective is they've been one of the the biggest conferences as far as home teams have been winning at a ridiculous rate, which is why a bunch of teams are right around five hundred because mm-hmm. you don't win a whole lot of road games. Well, have everybody in you know more or less an even environment in a neutral site tournament. Who's actually going to be the best team to kind of show what they can do in neutral site games? Because, you know, before conference tournament play, Ohio State was playing really well. They seem to be playing pretty well. Uh, Michigan State has been up and down. Maryland's been up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, pretty much all of the team. You know, Penn State has had, you know, their struggles recently. Rutgers has been pretty bad away from Piscataway. So I think there's certainly a chance for Ohio State to make some noise just because you really don't know what all these teams have, you know. In that right, I think any weird neutral environment. Like I said, that the Big Ten conference is the best conference, top to bottom, in the country. Um, like what we say, like nine or ten probably bids, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, somewhere between nine and eleven. And I believe and the record for bids is eleven by the old Big East. Uh, I think it was two thousand eleven. Yeah. So I mean, they're. I think anybody in that conference can win it. And Ohio State, I don't think you'd be wrong picking anybody. I'm I'm actually I'm kind of excited to see the American. Um, I'm intrigued to see what UC can do if they can just um, you know because I think if they have a good tournament or win the thing you know whole thing you know might give them a nice little seed bump there yeah. in the tourney. I mean uh, UC's definitely got I think experience at least from a player standpoint um, mm-hmm. in this tournament, and it's interesting that it's them in Houston again because uh, last year they went 0 and 2 versus Houston yeah. in the regular season. 
and then beat them in the championship. Uh, obviously, we're recording Sunday morning, so we'll see what happens today. Uh, but the other difference in the American is uh, they they're moving to a new site. It used to be true, you know yeah. Memphis, Orlando, uh, Connecticut. Now they've uh, signed a deal that they're playing in Fort Worth at the new Dickies Arena for the next, I believe it's three or four years. So that's you know Dallas, Fort Worth. So that kind of gives the advantage to some of the, you know, Texas teams, right. you know, be, being just a little bit closer in proximity. So you look at the Houston, Tulsa, the too. SMU, even Tulsa. So, uh, you know, it's going to be even just that much more difficult. But as you said, you know, Cincinnati has won the last two conference tournaments. Uh, they're obviously going to need some wins in the tournament, probably at least one. Yeah to make sure that they're in the field. So, you know, obviously depending on what happens this and, week. And honestly, if if Houston were to get bounced early in the tournament, then I think it I think the Cats got it sealed. Um, but I right. I don't know if I see that happening like you said, Zach. I mean, that conference has been wild especially on this home stretch here, so I just hate that they're doing that in Fort Worth. I don't know, it's weird. I would say probably the most exciting tournament. Well, one of the more interesting storylines from any of the tournaments is I would say the 8-10 because you look at Dayton with teams like Baylor losing again, obviously Gonzaga mm-hmm. taking a loss, San Diego State taking a loss. You know, if Dayton can make it through all of their conference season undefeated, and right now, you know, they're undefeated through the regular season. Yeah. Could they be a one seed? And it's one of these things where you've seen, you know, the teams, even against some inferior opponents, you know, Gonzaga should beat every team in the WCC. You know, they dropped mm-hmm. the game. uh you know, San Diego State's better than every team in the Mountain West. And they, you know, they kind of dropped the game inexplicably. So it's one of these things where you look at teams in these kind of mid-major conferences, they should win every game, but sometimes they kind of have a letdown spot. And you wonder, will Dayton finally have that? Because they haven't this year. I mean, they've been close. You know, they took a last-second shot against St. Louis, but so far they haven't had anything like that. Yeah, I mean, they they, they, struggled, a, they struggled a bit. They went on this little slump uh, at the end of the first half against uh, uh, George Washington the other night, um, but came out firing on all cylinders in the mm-hmm. second half and pulled it out. Yeah, that's what I'm most curious to see, like, from Dayton in general, is if, if and when that time comes that they hit the slump real hard in a game. Well, and, they got them as pressure. I mean, I think... You think so? Yeah, I do, because you're in an inferior. I mean, I, they're in the tournament, even if they drop one. I think that's a no doubt. But I'm just saying from the aspect of you're in an inferior conference. I mean, you know, compared you, you're a step above everybody. So I think that's more pressure on you. And same thing with San Diego State or Gonzaga is when you go in these tournaments that you're expected to win it. Where in Ohio State, like I said, that, that conference is so deep that no one's really going to like. I mean, it would be a bad look, but no one's going to be like, oh, geez if they drop the well, first game. And that's the other thing is you look at teams like that, you know, one from a, in the net ranking, you know, quad perspective, you know, mm-hmm. based on the metrics losing, but also just from a, you know, from the eye test perspective, a team like Ohio State, it's like, ah, they dropped the game against, you know, Michigan State or something like that. You'd right. be like, okay. Yeah. But when you're a Dayton team, you know, any team that you're going to, you know, Rhode Island is still a tournament team, and they're probably the one sleeper in that team, that uh, tournament. But aside of that, it's like, oh, you lost to Richmond, you lost to George Mason. Like, that's just going to kill you from a quad perspective mm-hmm. and from a eye test perspective, and it's going to make things even more difficult for them. So, you know, yeah. when you're in those lower conferences, when you're, you know, losing to UNLVs or, you know, Pepperdines or something like that, it, it hurts you a lot more than in those big, you know, 
the Big East, the the Big Ten, where you have all these names, where you're like, oh, they just lost to Villanova. Oh, they just lost to Maryland. Like, exactly. whatever. Like, yeah, I don't they're think good teams. You know, it happens. They're playing for one seed, and you lose to, uh, like you said, like a George Mason or something. Well, yeah, you, you know, lose to St. Louis or George yeah. Mason. It's kind of like, uh. So speaking of speaking of lower inferior leagues, uh, everyone's favorite inferior league gets some action. I think the action has one of the interesting storylines because they've got uh, Bowling Green in there, one mm-hmm. of the top seeds right now. And Bowling Green got close last year, and they lost in the finals, the MAC finals to uh, Buffalo. So I they could hold it off. They got Turner and Plowden carrying the team, and they've got. They've got one of those like small school like breakout stars that could mm-hmm. have like a crazy march. Uh, Trey Diggs, he started hitting being like a shooter from the arc. He hit seven threes, had twenty two total points against OU the other night. So you know if you got Plowden and Turner, and then Diggs pops off out of nowhere, who knows? The Bowling Green Falcons can make a run. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean they're Zachary and Bowling Green in my opinion probably, but yeah. the Mac always gets weird. There's always one the, of those. Teams. Well, the one thing that that. I think is more interesting about the Mac is you look at some of these, you know, mid to low major conferences, usually they kind of set their tournaments up in a weird way that, you know, if you're a top two seed, you usually get biased to semifinals or something like that. Cause you want your best teams. And, you know, mm-hmm. if someone, if a 500 team, you know, if the seven seed happens to win, that's a bad look for the conference because whoever gets in is probably going to be a first four team or a 16 seed. You want your, Bowling Greens and your Akron's to win because then there may be you know 13 12 seeds but the way the uh, MAC tournament is laid out as far as you know the bracket the top four seeds get the one by and then five through 12 play in the first round so you still have to win you know three games you still have to you know fight through you don't get that extra bump yeah. even for being yeah. the top seed or two so it's still difficult from that end and it's one of those things where you know in a neutral site, in a tournament. Mac's tough, man. It's a dog-eat-dog world up there in the Mac. Yeah, and I mean, it's in Cleveland, so it's it's right around the area. You know, none of the teams in the Mac, aside of maybe Buffalo and, you know, Northern Illinois, are really that far away from. No, 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 not at all. They're all jammed in. They're all jammed in, yeah, Ohio or, you know, Michigan and, and Indiana, so. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of, it's a close proximity. It's kind of a wild place up there. You know, a lot of teams are pretty close, you know, you get in these tough games against, uh, you know, Western Michigan or Ball State or something like that. So expect the unexpected, I guess. Mm-hmm. In, it's always wild. In the MAC. Uh, going to the other mid-major, I guess we'll just touch on this week, uh, the Horizon League starts. So uh, they're actually in Indiana, Indianapolis the week before uh, the Big Ten tournament. So uh, as we said, you know, Wright State is the one seed, is probably the big favorite. Um, like I mentioned, with these low major teams, they kind of set up the brackets for these mm-hmm. top teams to get through. So actually, Wright State and NKU, the top two seeds, get the double bye all the way to the semifinals. <laughs> so it looks to be like those teams will most likely be the teams that will face each other in a rematch of last year's um, Horizon League championship. But... Certainly an interesting tournament from, from I don't that like the side. double buy thing. 
I don't like the double buy thing. It's either. like rigging an election almost. I'm curious to see the right state NKU matchup though, because right state uh, absolutely smacked NKU in their first matchup this season, and then uh, right state barely got away this past week. They barely squeaked out a 64-62 win down in Northern Kentucky. Do you guys worry if it comes to that? Like, can right state beat NKU three times? Yeah, I I think that's one of the things that kind of uh, worries me, but also just the way some of the effort has been, and you saw with Northern Kentucky, you know, they got blown out in one of the in one of those games and then kept it close. And obviously, it's home versus away, but even both these teams, you know, taking some weird losses to the Wisconsin teams. Uh, Wright State got uh, you know blown out in one of the games this season. So sometimes the effort's kind of been up and down, and I think if you're worried when you have the double bye. You know, some of these teams have played one or two games already in the tournament. They're kind of up to speed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of firing on all cylinders. They understand the tournament a little bit more. And when you kind of have to jump in in a later spot, then maybe you're caught off guard. You know, you get down by 10, 15 early, and then, you right. know, you're trying to play well, you catch don't have, up for the rest of the game. You don't have the rhythm, um, you know, shoot arounds and different things like that. There's only. So much that's going to do, you know, just sitting out there popping up some threes and Especially different Especially in the things. tournament atmosphere. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's worrisome. But um, I don't I think Wright State's got it, though. Neutral court, I think that's a big deal for, you know, more often than not, neutral court, the better team's going to win. So. Yeah, I think Wright State has all the, you know, has all the firepower. They were obviously in the tournament last year. You know, mm-hmm. some continuity from, from last year to this year, so. I would probably go with Wright State if if I had to, you know, the pick Raiders. my championship right now. We're we're almost there, boys. Uh, it's going to be a fun uh, fun March for Ohio college basketball. I think. Oh yeah, exciting. Well, I think the one thing that you need in March, especially in any time of the year, is when you're watching all this craziness and just madness. Madness in March. You're going to need a beer or two to help calm you down. And thank goodness we have this. Total Eclipse Breakfast Out from Mommy Bay Brewing Company. March Mommy Madness. Our first bottle on the show. Yeah. Yeah, usually we're, we're growlers, we're cans, but uh, I was requested to pick up a coffee or breakfast out, so this is what I found. We haven't done Toledo yet. They have a breakfast out. I was That's all very over good. It. Yeah, did you notice there's like a paper plate on yeah. this though? I was curious about who's eating breakfast on paper plates. I guess only in Toledo. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of curious as to. I get what the there's some sort of eclipse. Uh, well, yeah, pun it's in the name here. Is it? Yeah, you're trying to watch the solar eclipse, and usually you can't do that because you can't look oh, right at it. Oh, gotcha. So that's why they used to have like the cereal box thing when they had that oh, solar eclipse. Oh, years ago. oh, you're so smart. Yeah. Thank goodness we have some some sort somebody of scientist. With somebody brains on here. Someone with a science you, I'm background. I'm glad you went to school. Me and Josh right? would just be like, oh, oh wow, man, look at that. <laughs> Yeah, so guys, I haven't been able to see in like the last two days. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, unfortunately, we, like uh, we usually like read the can, um, and I was looking forward to that because we've been on a roll with those. There's been like some really poetic beer descriptions on the cans, but I do like this. Um, it is good. I like it. I'm not. It's a very nice breakfast out. Um, yeah, one of the higher contents I think we've had. Nine point one percent. Stumbling around here a little bit. Thirty IBU. Um, yeah, so uh, it's flavorful. It is really flavorful. I, it's definitely a full breakfast. I feel like I'm at Denny's right now. Maybe grand, a step up from Denny's. The grand slam itself. 
Well, thank you, Mommy Bay. Uh, Brewing Company, Total Eclipse Breakfast Stout, our beer of the week. If you'd like to recommend a beer, tweet us and at, Facebook us. At 30 Rack Podcast. Good news, Josh, for you. I was able to find oh, a little got, ditty oh, all right. on the breakfast stout. Do us a little ditty then. Mommy Bay Brewing Company's Total Eclipse Breakfast Stout is a hearty meal in a glass. As it pours, it devours the light and your glass is filled with darkness. This massive beer brewed with espresso beans from Flying Rhino in Toledo, Ohio, oatmeal and lactose offers a rich and complex taste that begs to be savored. With a smooth carbonation and luscious roasted malt flavor, you will fade to black as you slowly sip this fine crafted brew. Man, I'm telling I'm ready to fade to black. Who? Who writes these I don't descriptions? Know. Is this so a good. job? Is this a job you can get? Can you just yeah. be like a a beer dis- a beer describer? <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna apply to some of these breweries yeah, to be, be now, like, I, Yes, I, hello. My name's Greg. I am a beer poet. <laughs> I love the local uh, collaborations going on. What was that place? Uh, Little Rhino. Mm-hmm. Flying Rhino. Flying Rhino. Flying Rhino. I like that also, one. rated 96 on Beer Advocate. So that's. It's it is very pretty good. damn good. It beer. is one good thing coming out. I, I was trying to figure out what that extra flavor was, but it's definitely the espresso bean flavor because it's not quite the coffee taste. But yeah, it's, but it's, it's a little uh, bit darker, a little bit more bitter, and it's it's one of those things that if you love a stout, if you like coffee stouts, this has everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, would not recommend drinking a bunch of these at a party or something like that. But if you're mm-hmm. just yeah, sipping say, a nice breakfast stout, you want something heavy, a, but it's a good hair, but dog nice. Kind of yeah, yeah. I, it's Sunday morning. You need a little hair of the dog, but I would not uh, sit there on uh, Thursday in a couple of weeks and, and drink these all afternoon while I watch college basketball. Too I'd heavy. Screaming at the TV and then asleep by the fourth round of games. You like trying to Guinness? You ever, you ever like gone to a party with a whole bunch of Guinness? I'm gonna drink these all night. Terrible decision. Irish car bombs, all in board. I mean, all I mean, in it's board. just it's I mean, so heavy. We're three guys who uh, just wanted to do a podcast where we literally drank a 30 rack of beer. <laughs> that was the original. That was the original every, idea. <laughs> every week. That was the original idea. I don't know if we've ever like said that before, but that was so. the original uh, idea for the show that we uh, obviously, uh, our livers will thank us for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we tempered was, it down. Uh, yeah. You know, and also we'd probably be drinking like natty, natty, or yeah. Yeah. we or couldn't drink. Like yeah, we couldn't do craft beers. Oh no, um, yeah, that'd and be a, trying to fit that in an hour and a half, two hours. We always just imagine, snammer. imagine trying to put down ten total eclipses in two oh, hours. <laughs> we would be more incoherent than we normally are by the forty-five minute mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that'd be tough. I just, uh, are we gonna pitch our? Uh, Oh, bracket. oh yeah, that's that's right, Zach. Go go ahead. Oh okay. So we're gonna do a uh, a bracket contest uh, for the tournament uh, we, on ESPN. So we I already set it up because I'm the one who does everything. And uh, <laughs> on the tournament challenge app, it's under Thirty Rack Podcast. Open to anybody. Um, the three of us will be in there, so you can go head to head with us. And the winner out of excluding us three. Uh, we'll get a t-shirt, 30 Rack t-shirt, and a shout-out on Which the we'll show. post to Twitter. There's some nice t-shirts that yeah, we just we'll post have our new 30 Rack logo on it. Uh, yeah. You know, Ohio Made, Ohio Beer. Exactly. So, yeah, the, the, so that'll be the uh, 
the competition. We're going to try to come up with something for the three of us. Whoever loses has to do something embarrassing. I don't know. If you have any, I mean, if ideas. you have any ideas, yeah. yeah, what what should the loser do? What should the worst, uh, you know, the worst score between all three of us do? We, we'd love to hear any comments that you have, you know, on 30 Rack, at Facebook, and Twitter. I'm ready for all three of us to finish last. And yeah, all credibility whatsoever. I want our listeners to challenge us, bring it on. No, right? yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think um, we're going to finish last. When you sign up, try and uh, name your bracket uh, with your name or a social media tag so yeah. we can reach out to you. Um, yeah. And uh, tweet, tweet updates um, with our top scores um, as we go along. Um, Zach, what was the name of the uh, bracket one more time? Uh, 30 Rack Podcast. 30 Rack Podcast, March Madness Pool. Have you guys ever had a like a March Madness bracket pool that you know you went in confident and you just yes. completely just uh yeah, the last bombed. couple of years, yeah. Pretty rough. So I've won a couple times. I don't but. know if you remember. So the first year I ever did a, a money pool for um, you know, a March Madness bracket, I picked Georgetown to win it all. Jeez, and that this? was the Florida Gulf Coast year. Oh, oh man, that was a doozy. That was a doozy. I finished last. Oh Bad wait, yeah, I would imagine. You're setting yourself up there. Oh, yeah. No, obviously Georgetown hasn't been relevant in a while. But yeah. even when they were relevant, I felt like they're like Kansas, where like you never pick them because every other year they just yeah. Well, disappoint. it was one of those things where I felt like I knew more about college basketball than I did, and I was trying to like outsmart the bracket. Just was not did not go your way. No, no, not normally. So and it's frustrating because when you sit there with like printed out sheets of like the oh yeah, and do- the RPIs and the nets and the Q ones yeah. Q twos list, and you spend days and nights going back I, and I forth. I gave up doing that. And I then, used to do like forty brackets yeah. and then pick. I, I don't do that. That's ridiculous. See, the one year I did the best, I did it to spite someone. Um, they said Wisconsin was going to lose in the first round or two. Our good friend. Uh, Brooker and I put Wisconsin T. to win it all. T. Brooks because I don't think he T. said Brooks they were has so ever terrible. watched a lick of basketball, so I don't even know why what comes out of his mouth. So I ended up, I seriously. think, either winning or finishing second because I put Wisconsin winning it all, and they lost. I think they lost in the national championship, but I got like three or four, you know, final four teams yeah. just because I wanted to spite people. <laughs> it worked out for. So him. if there's one thing that you know, it's that spite's always on the menu for me March, in my bracket. March spiteness. March spiteness. Uh, speaking of spite, uh, in spite of the Astros and their trying to bring down baseball, baseball is back. We are in full swing uh, of spring training. No pun intended. Um, mm, I think you meant that. No, I no, think it, you. I it, think you thought of that on the way over. We're springing into spring training. It slipped out. I couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, what do you guys want? Uh, Indians or Reds first? Why don't you hit us with some Reds, Josh? Listen, what's going on? All right, uh, Reds having a good, decent spring training. Uh, yeah, we talked about uh, Greg. You mentioned uh, Jose Garcia earlier. Um, I'm interested to see where he goes. Obviously, he's still one to two years away, though. Yeah, he's so, not even. So the guy's only uh, been uh, in the minors for two years. Right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a 21 year old uh, that came over from Havana, Cuba. So he played in low A for a year and then high A and uh, in the fall league last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, he was a $5 million international signing. Um, and yeah, he's looked great. Um, Barry Larkin has said a lot of great things about him. Uh, bigger, agile, uh, bigger, but still agile dude. So yeah. great for shortstop. Um, he's made a couple like really nice uh, diving grabs at shortstop, um, handling the double play just fine. But yeah, so when he came in, 
uh, two years ago, he was only hitting 180 uh, and really struggling. Um, and that was with uh, the Dayton Dragons uh, here in Ohio. And then last year uh, really came on, uh, bulked up a little, hit 280, 55 RBIs, uh, led the Florida League. Uh, this was down when uh, Daytona, the Tortugas. That's the high A team. Uh, led the Florida League in doubles, uh, eight home runs. And then at the end of last year in August, he hit a 378 average with three homers. And in nine at-bats this spring training, he's got three home runs, a base hit, six RBIs, hitting a 444 average with a 1.9 OPS. Yeah, so the one thing Kid's is – He's coming on. I, I was kind of just taking a look at him based on – you know we we'd talked yesterday about what we were going to discuss on the show, and you'd mentioned Jose Garcia. And I just you know kind of took a look at some of his highlights from spring training – Guy does have that, you know, shortstop build. I think he's like 6'2", 185, so long enough to make the plays, but, you know, agile enough. Uh, well, you know, has a good swing at the plate, so, you know, is able to drive in runs. And he seems like a guy that, you know, if he can keep building on what he has right now, he looks to fit the mold of, you know, some of the really good shortstops that we have, you know, like a, like a Frankie Lindor or uh, whoa, Correa, whoa. or... Uh, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, I just mean like body type and no, being able to hit home runs. I don't mean maybe that. Maybe like a Xander Bogart. Well, and yeah, you said 185, and they said he bulked up to around 200 this year. And what's interesting about him hitting home runs is the other day he hit a couple in the game, actually. I think he hit three. He hit, yeah, he hit two against the uh, Angels. He had two of the three runs were just solo shots by him. Well, the one, he, uh, he pulled foul. He pulled like two inches... Uh, right of the foul line, mm-hmm. and then the very next pitch took it to the exact same spot, two inches on the f- fair side of the foul pool. Yeah. I mean, that's just something you don't see a lot. So for him to be 21 and in this situation, I think he was number nine on the Reds pro- uh, prospect list. Um, coming into this year? Yeah, coming mm-hmm. into this year. So uh, Probably see a bump here after spring. Y- yeah, you know, he's not going to come up this year. Guy's only had, no. you know, two years. He himself has said he's still kind of adjusting to the major league camp. I mean, camp that's the point everything. of early yeah. camp is to get these young kids an opportunity to learn. You know, they always talk about just soak everything up. That's and you all never, we're wanting you to do You, right you never now. know. I mean, the Reds are thin at shortstop, but the only reason he's gotten this opportunity yeah. is because Freddie Galvis has been out with shoulder stuff day to day. But – yeah, and I mean, if you have him there, you know, maybe he learns, picks up some stuff, and if he starts the year in, you know, double A, you know, you can go double, triple, and maybe we'll see him at some point this this year. Yeah, I just but, think you want to make yeah you any want, young yeah. kid like this. You yeah, probably at least want to say you're not coming up this year. Just keep working. You don't want to rush it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because with a guy that's you know struggled making the transition to the states, as you said, in low A, you know, he looks to be one of those guys that maybe once major league pitching starts to figure him out a little bit, could struggle as well. But, like yeah, a lot of young guys. The do. Reds the Reds have know what they're doing with this guy. I mean he's working with Barry Larkin at spring training well, right yeah. now. But yeah, he's moved around like he was in Dayton when he got here. Then he played the Arizona Fall League this past fall. Before that he was in Daytona, Florida. And now he's back in Arizona with camp mm-hmm. and everything. So it's just a lot to get adjusted to. Super awesome of him to take advantage of this opportunity. I'll yeah. use this as a segue into the Indians. Former Indians pitcher, now Reds pitcher, Trevor Bauer. Having Psycho. A, having a decent spring training. Uh, his first outing, two innings pitch, zero run runs, two strikeouts. Only hitting about 94 miles per hour right now on the fastball. So he himself said he'd like to take that. There, um, he is upset that uh, he's, he's always upset. He's always upset. He's, he, every he every really day, he's always upset. There's one. Yeah. There's one thing he's upset about. Are there 
strict drone laws in Arizona? Is that what he's I, I'm not sure. I swear, I swear to God, if he cuts his hand on a drone this year. I'll... I don't want to hear that. Uh, There'll be something. He's, yeah, he's upset that he's not uh, leading. Uh, you know, he's notorious for leading the spring training leagues and strikeouts. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Sonny Gray's got him beat right now, and he's – he, he wants that uh, have spring fun training the, strikeout Have fun with the four and a half ERA, so. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. How, how, how are the Indians looking? Just across the facility there in Goodyear. Uh, not, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, um, I don't know, it's spring training. I don't give a shit about the record or any of that. Um, Worst record in the Arizona League. It doesn't matter. That's it's true, spring yeah. training. Um, you know, uh, some good notes. Are uh, you telling me you don't want to win the Cactus League <laughs> trophy? No, I could give a shit less. It's, I, it doesn't matter. You guys can have that. I know that's, that's all you guys got to hope for. So, <laughs> um, no, but the Indians, you know, come into camp, uh, some news, some notes. You know, we're only a week into games. Uh, you know, Fran Mill came in about 20 pounds. Some said 30. He said 20 pounds um, in shape and, you know, looks a lot more agile, uh, but hasn't lost any of the pop. And as bad as Greg mentioned, two home runs, three doubles already, and some short stints. Um, no errors in the outfield either. A guy who was minus 11 in defensive runs saved last year, which is atrocious if you don't know. And um, so basically, you know, the hope is he spent a lot of time down there in the fall uh, working out in the outfield. Um, you know, so the hope is that hopefully he can be somebody who, you know, he'll definitely DH a lot too. Um, but somebody who can maybe at least play out there and not – be a train wreck so uh that's some good news there um really bad news though on the pitching staff uh you know we got clevenger out which i know we touched on he's coming back already quick though he's already throwing off flat ground um but yeah we probably won't see him till earliest maybe mid-may i think right now and that just depends obviously how he continues to rehab and then uh the new uh Relief pitcher Clay, so we got in the deal with Corey Kluber, was having a really nice spring, ramping up there 99, 100 miles an hour. He also got injured, um, and he's going to be out about 12 weeks. Yeah, it says 8 to 12 weeks. 8 to 12. For Indians fans, uh, actually. It's the, the same Afor- injury Cle- yeah, Clevenger had say, The aforementioned year. Mike Clevenger had the same injury, and he was out from April 7th to June 17th, so yeah. about – Two months is what they have for right a, now. That's a big. That's a big hit. Because um, I was really liking the bullpen. I thought with him, Brad Hand, and then um, Rob. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name. Uh, Rob Karinichek. Uh He was a relief pitcher down in AAA last year. He's a stud. Um, kind of the future closer, most likely. I was. I was thinking they're gonna have a really nice bullpen. Um, you know, also to go along with those guys, we've had Savale and Carrasco and Adam Simber also limping around. Um, all three are expected to be ready for opening day, but like Francona said, they're probably going to be a little behind the eight ball as far as shape. So we're probably going to be plugging in the three-man rotation there to start the year. Um, yeah, and that's one of the difficult things with spring training. You look, you know, you want to get guys healthy, but also if guys are missing a couple weeks, mm-hmm. then they're then you're kind of behind a couple weeks. Sometimes you have to do the extended spring right. training just to make sure they're in shape. Because as Josh mentioned with Bauer, you know, some of these guys aren't, you know, don't throw their full velocity at the beginning. You know, you're still kind of working up to pitching every day. Obviously, the guys work out during the off season, but it's it's kind of different when you get into that spring. Well, that training was the mode. problem with McClace was, you know, they told him, hey, tone it down because he was coming right in thrown hundreds and I'm like, eh, you know, let's rain that back. And then he got hurt. Um, you hate to see it, but, um, so it might be interesting to start the year, but I think the 
pitching is, you know, the strength of this team. Um, I actually, I'm, I really like this roster. I talked to a lot of other people. A lot of people are kind of down on them. Um, you know, they, uh, they, yeah, uh, I, have, have, I have not understood that all kind of off season. Everyone's been kind of down on the Indians. Like, yeah, you had didn't really make any moves, but you don't have a bad roster that we're looking at I don't at think so. I think the lineup's going to be good. They added Domingo Santana, who's a guy who can bring some pop in as well. Um, a nice little under-the-radar signing. And then um, like that uh, Cesar Hernandez, who they brought in to play second base. Um, everything I've heard so far, he's going to be a really nice addition. He's a high-average guy, gets on base. Um, you know, yeah. He's not going to hit a lot of home runs yeah i think the the, well the three things that they probably need to kind of show up from last year is you know the corner outfields have always kind of been a question mark uh kipnis was kind of down a little bit last year so having hernandez maybe hitting for some average could be good and then also you know the bullpen outside of the very back was kind of up and down last year so some of the guys that they have if you know clays can come back if uh you know brad hand can be what he is this year you know obviously you still have some veterans and then as you said you had uh Corinna Chak coming Karina back Chak, up yeah, so yeah. yeah and I and also you know real quick Zimmer has come into camp kind of surprising some people with how far ahead wait he Brad kinda, Zimmer's still in the league huh I haven't I don't think I've seen him play in an Indians game in like two and a half years yeah well Bradley Zimmer yeah he's uh yeah he's he's not gonna break camp most likely they're gonna want to get him some consistent at bats but that's a gold glove level center probably the best center fielder in baseball, at least defensively, went healthy. At and least probably top five. Definitely. So some positive signs. And then just real quick, just to hit on kind of a prospect real quick, uh, Nolan Jones, uh, the Indians' top third base prospect, the future third baseman's in big league camp. And, um, you know, 250 average, but does lead the team with four walks. is a 625 OBP, and all accounts so far is looking, looking the part. So he's probably September call-up, maybe a year away, but eventually – I think by next year he'll be the everyday third baseman and Ramirez will move back over to second. So um, still got a ways to go, though. As usual, the Indians' injuries are just – Yeah. That's Cleveland. So. Still, still like a month off, so yeah, plenty of time to work through it and get back. But spring is here. I honestly was just like – the other day I was just like, ah, I'm watching a baseball game right now. I know. I'm excited. I can sit there and back. watch any – I can just watch baseball all day. It's like golf. It's one of those things you can just sit there on your couch and just. Well, that's one of the best, especially during spring training. It's like, yeah, because uh, if I fall asleep for an hour, like, who cares? But the, yeah. other, the other weird thing is it's like, you know, if you turn on a game during the seventh or eighth inning, you see some of the guys that are just called up for Major League Camp. They don't even have the name on their jersey. It's just number like number 87. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> all right, number 87. I don't know who he is. All right, he hit 240 in uh, AA last year. All right, right. cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, we're going to shift from uh, a season that's on the cusp of starting to a league whose season started this weekend with some games happening on Saturday, but the big teams, the Ohio teams, starting their season today with the Columbus crew and FC Cincinnati, both playing some New York teams. As we mentioned, the crew host New York City FC at 1230 today. The uh, FC Cincinnati travels to New Jersey to take on the New York Red Bulls later today. So our segment, we're going to do a little over-under on the season. We uh, put our brains together. We put some potential point totals for the crew and FCC. I spent a lot of time researching all of this. So. And uh, 
So we, we have this, you know, be sure to give us your input, whether or not you think either of these teams would go over or under based on our projections at 30 rack podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Josh, we'll start with your squad. We'll start with FC Cincinnati. We'll start with the wooden spoon winners, which hey. is the team with the least amount of points the year before. Did they really least. get a wooden spoon? Yes. And least it was. They do get a wooden spoon? Yeah. Where do they put it up? They like hang it up somewhere? Uh, I think we bury it deep below and pretend it didn't happen. Oh. Yeah. Damn, I want to check out this wooden spoon. So okay. the wood, wooden well, spoon winners, uh, FC Cincinnati, 24 points last year. Yeah. Our over-under set, we're going to hope, or at least some of us are going to hope, that they can get at least a couple more wins, get to the 30-point plateau. Josh, over-under 30 points. Uh, Over, good sir. Um... I don't think it will come, uh, I think it will take some time. I don't expect the beginning of the season to go very well. As I've always stated with this season, uh, especially even though things have really gotten off the rails here recently, before the season has even started, uh, if they can stay uh, relevant till the summer transfer window and add a big name and maybe make a go of it, uh, but I'm still saying they win more than uh, two more games than they did last year for a couple couple more points. and. Uh, I'm gonna go over here, not by a lot, but I trust the orange number? and blue. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking just under forty. What's your number? Thirty-eight. Okay. Making sure goes on record here. We don't know this gray area shit. Josh down to thirty-eight. Okay, I, I will give you a number. Okay. I just want to, I just want to preface this. I think this is a decent number for where they are. I think they've added some talent on the offensive end but they have not really addressed their back line as much as I think they should have, considering they set the record for most goals yeah. given up last year. I think they'll be better defensively, but I don't think they've addressed it enough. I think if they go over, it will just, by the skin of their teeth, be over. I'm going to go with 31 points for Ooh. FC Cincinnati. All right, Greg, how about your crew? We uh, What did we finish with last year? So the Columbus crew finished with 38 points last year. Uh, for our over-under, we were putting it at 45, and 45 was what it took to get the seven seed, a.k.a. get into the playoffs in the MLS for um, for the Eastern Conference last year. So as far as over-under, I'm going over. I'm going way over. This team was a team that started off well, ended up having a lot of injuries. Uh, one of their best players, uh, Federico Iguain, a.k.a. Pippa, got hurt. They replaced him with Zilla Ryan this year. So they've got some, you know, some younger talent, a solid uh, designated player. Uh, they lost probably their best player, Zach Steffen, off to Manchester City, who got loaned out yeah. to uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf. So their defense was a little bit lackluster. Added Eloy Room during the summer. They were a team that started off good in their first couple games, took a giant nosedive, and then kind of rebounded to get themselves back into the conversation at the end of the year. They've added, you know, all around. They've added Nagby. As I said, they added Zilla Ryan. They have some depth at the forward position. I think they're a team that is a playoff team, should be finding themselves in a solid position as long as they can, you know, just avoid the injury bug. What's your number? I'm going to go with 50 points. What's your number? What would that have put them at? It's like the count as of last year. Uh, That would have put them... 
right about uh, the four and five seed. We're both at 50 points. So depending on goal differential, so probably, you know, safely in the playoffs, but, you know, still not one of the top yeah. seeds. Going with 50? 50 points. All right. Uh yeah, I, I really like what the, the crew had a great offseason, um, and I think they're going to stay healthier than they were last year. And if they don't, they have one Fernando Adi to help them out. Uh, but I, Former I, Caleb Porter player in Portland, which is why he got that designated yeah. player contract in FC Cincinnati, where he had as many DUIs as he had goals last year. How many DUIs? Uno. Uh, so it was like yeah. six or something crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go as much as 50. Uh, I'll go uh, 48. I'm going with the over for the crew. Um, as much as I hate to say it, the crew are looking good. Uh, I look forward to uh, the Hell is Real Derby when it gets here. So, uh, Do you look forward to it, though? It sounds like you shouldn't be looking forward. I look forward to it. Um, I One of the saddest uh, pictures I've ever seen of myself is uh, a, from a camera shot of me at Nippert at the Hell is Real last Is that year. the Jesse Zardes? Uh, yeah, and I'm just sitting. I'm just sitting there in the corner, like with my head down, with just this look of absolute displeasure on my face. Did you but go? I still look forward to Did it. Did you rock your crew gear? Did you go? No, I was. I think I was. Uh, oh, you're too in afraid the to go. You're more. one of those no, guys. No, I'll be there with the Nordeki, aka the crew supporters, this year. I was running around, actually, the studio. In enjoyment. If you would have seen me, I would have been jumping around, enjoy wearing my uh, crew jersey, which I'm rocking right now. For Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Greg does back. Greg does have this. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? His run. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we'll have to we'll have to get a video, a video of it sometimes for yeah, you guys because Greg does this sports excitement run that he has, and it's it's it's, it's a like sight. a prancing deer. Yeah, I don't it know is like a prancing about. deer. No idea what you're talking about. It's like a scared deer, but that's that's like overjoyed though. It's interesting. See, there's two different ones. There's the nervous walk where I'll just like. Yeah, walk see, around the pain, just yeah, that's more of an intense pacing. pacing. But then when something good happens, yeah, it turns into a little bit more of a prance slash leap. Kind of like a cartoony Scooby Doo run almost. Kind of, yeah, it, yeah. It's very effeminate. Crew total points over under. We have at forty five. FC Cincinnati total points over under. We have at thirty. Greg and I took the over for both those teams. Let us know what you think. If you're an MLS fan, if you're looking forward to the Hell Is Real Derby between the Crew and the Orange and Blue. Uh, tweet us, Facebook us, soon to be Instagram us your thoughts at 30 Rack Podcast. We might have to uh, 30 Rack on the road to uh, one, if uh, not both of these uh, Hell is Real I'm Darby's. absolutely down. We still got one more um, MLS to uh, Futures to win the cup. Uh, LAFC uh, is the favorite at plus 350 odds there. Uh, FC Cincinnati at uh, plus 6,600 odds uh and then the crew at 3300 uh greg you're gonna put a any gold doubloons down on the crew to win the cup this year no i will not <laughs> what a terrible fan um i think they'll be a good team i think they'll be a better team but i think probably too many new faces uh you know obviously i don't expect them to be at the top of the league yet and with some of these teams especially in the west coast the la teams uh they're very good. They're very talented. I would probably put my money on either LAFC or the Galaxy if I were a betting man. Uh, <laughs> El, the El Trafico series is going to be very fun this year, as it always is, but that'll be fun to watch out on the West Coast. 
El Trafico, the derby between both the LA teams. We the get El Traffic, yeah, it's LA. It's awful. Oh wow. Sorry, <laughs> not all of us are big Cali bros like you, so <laughs> you know it. Five three oh for life. Because we're not Cali bo- bros. We're Ohio guys. On thirty rack of sports. We're we're Ohio guys that like craft beer and have a podcast about sports. We're about as Ohio as it gets. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as bad as like a Boston, group of Boston people. Hey, it's that. Tom Terrific. It's Tom Brady. He's coming back. He's leading the Pats. I like clam chowder. Clam chowder. <laughs> Little bit of lobster. <laughs> nice lobster. Yeah. That's good. I bet he doesn't even eat chowder. Too, Brady. Brady. He oh, certainly Brady. doesn't eat lobster because lobster's Brady's a red. California kid. No, he probably eats like kale soup and stuff. He doesn't eat strawberries because they're red. I don't know if any of you have read the really? TB12 method. Oh, yes. Wait, what? The TB12 what method? What are you talking about? I know what you're talking about. That cold. That cut, cut the music. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't eat strawberries because they're red. Why? Are you what serious? does red have to do yeah, with what's, what's this have to? The TB12 method. I don't That's know. literally in this method. method? Yes. It sounds yeah. insane. You don't eat tomatoes. You don't eat strawberries. You don't eat anything bread. I don't know. I'm not Tom Brady. I'm that not terrific insane. Tom. I'm not Tom terrific. I'm not. All right. I, w- I want to go. I want to go back to yeah, Ohio. Yeah. We're at Thirty Rack Sports. We're recording on a beautiful Sunday, and you're listening to us on a beautiful weekday in the future. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's beautiful. It's supposed to be a little bit nicer. It's maybe like fifty all week. So thank goodness. Uh, Springs around the corner. Spring training is here. March Madness is here. I'm the talent. I'm Greg. Across from me is the opinions. It's Zach. Hello. And the ones and twos. It's Josh. We are 30 Rack of Sports. We're here drinking some Mommy Bay Total Eclipse. We're having a nice breakfast out in a lovely Sunday morning here in Ohio. I want to thank our listeners for joining us. Uh, I want to invite them to our ESPN bracket pool that will be starting for March Madness. Uh, It is 30 Rack, uh, is it 30 Rack Sports or 30 Rack Podcast? 30 Rack Podcast. Just like like the social media handles. Yeah, uh, try to keep it all. Find us on the ESPN app. uh, Challenge us. Bring it on. uh, You beat us. You'll get a free 30 Rack of Sports t-shirt. And a shout-out. And a shout-out. And be sure Some to goodies, tweet at us. Uh, you know, Facebook us eventually. Instagram us. What do you think the losers should have to do? Between the three of us, between the talent, the opinions, and the ones and twos, what should the loser have to do? We're ready for this. We're all on the table. Let Down us for know. whatever. Let us know. The best one, the funniest one. We'll take a vote I'm on ready. this show. I'm ready for the madness. We're ready for March Madness. We're ready for all of it. I'm ready to destroy both of you two, so I'm not even worried about any Ooh. sort of punishment. I'm going to stay up all night one night going through brackets. I'm just probably do what I normally have been doing the last couple of years and just fill it out in like five minutes. Yeah, and how's that worked out for you? Uh, I haven't won in a while, so yeah, not well. You got to study, man. You got to hit the books. I mean, fair, but you know. I got you just shit got, going on. You just got to watch a ridiculous amount of college basketball, so. Yeah. Hey, my mom has oh. won, like, several of her work ones, and 
she doesn't watch any college basketball. Uh, oh, I'm I'm just re- I'm just ready for this this pool because I want our listeners to show us show us what they what you got. Yeah, I mean, I hope you I hope we all finish last, and it just completely cuts any level of. Uh, I hope I hope there's one random I hope there's one random listener that just goes off and just destroys perfect everybody. bracket. That'd be that awesome. would be awesome. That would be awesome. That and would also, be awesome. I'm as pretty much said, giving you the keys to the show at yeah, that point. Yeah, it's open to everyone. You know, get whoever you want in there. Show the podcast to your mother. Show the podcast to your friend. Show show the podcast to whoever. Get them in this group. Are you still get in them Boston? In. Yeah, we're still in the Boston. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought Boston I, I is infiltrated. Like you're still in Boston. Yeah, tell you tell your mom, tell your pop, tell your dad, your dog, your girlfriend, your, dog, your ex-girlfriend, your, your mistress, whatever. Oh yeah, put all your ex-girlfriends in a group message and tell them <laughs> to join the Thirty Rack Podcast. Thirty Rack Nation. Do it. <laughs> News. Mm-hmm. We can do some beer news here. Sure, you guys can do some beer news. You guys have the beer report, actually. So. Oh, yeah, we did. We went to... Uh, we have the beer report. What did we do? What did we do Friday night, Greg? We went to Bachfest. You want to in... explain what Bach... Like, you had to explain to the Uber driver? You want to explain what Bachfest is? You guys had to explain to your Uber driver what Bachfest was? <laughs> I don't think or he... Did he, Greg, he or did Greg just explain what Bachfest no, was? No, no. He was a nice gentleman. He was not from uh, the United States, so we had to explain what Bach was and what that was, but... Yeah, so Bachfest is basically the collaboration of all of, or at least most of the Cincinnati breweries making their Bach beer. It's a giant festival. There's a parade beforehand, and then there's Bach beer from most of the big Ohio breweries, whether it's, you know, Moorline, Rheingeist, Mad Tree, some of the local OTR breweries, all making their Bach beer to mm-hmm. show off. So certainly a interesting... I mean, it was fun. It was just really bad weather, crowded. Yeah, it was Couldn't extremely get food, crowded. And we were hungry, uh, so we just had a bock. Hung out with uh, Greggy's parents for a little bit, and then, oh, I got twenty bucks for free though from some guy who left twenty dollars in the ATM. So I took out sixty. There was eighty there. The guy in front of me left twenty. So he bought us some rounds of beer. Yeah, he bought us. Yeah. A, he bought shout us a guy. round of bock. Yeah, shout out, guy. Um, very angry about how long the ATM uh, was Greg, taking. Greg got to dance with some old ladies. Nice. You know what happens. Look, it happened. He was tearing I up will the say dance floor at the drinkery The downtown. box were great. Uh, yeah, it was good. You know, had a nice Moorline box. Love, you know, some of the box. Moorline is big into this. Has, you know, a number of their box out there for Bachfest. So, certainly cool to see. Certainly, you know, big Cincinnati tradition. Um you know, next year when it comes up, hopefully the weather's better. I would definitely encourage people to come down for it. It was, it's a, it was it's a fun. fun thing. They had uh, music. Um, I know they had, uh, we didn't stay for the cover band, but they had a cover band that you know, my wife went to. She thought that they were good. Uh, naked, I don't remember what the name, Naked Girls or something like that. They weren't naked. It was a bunch of dudes, but hey, they certain, played covers. I guess they did good. Yeah, cool to see. Uh, you know, a lot of the German food, obviously, you know, big into the Cincinnati heritage with the German food. And the Bach beer. So, uh, you know, if you like Bach beer, if you like that dark beer, uh, certainly a cool cool thing to see. I'm sure a lot of the breweries still have their Bach, sure. you know, on tap going past Bachfest. So if Bach beer is your thing, then Cincinnati Bachfest certainly a cool time all around. We got any other festivals coming up anywhere? 
Uh, I uh, yeah, we've got uh, the sold out um, winter uh, beer fest, uh, winter warmer fest in Cleveland uh, is this sold coming week. Out. We got our we got our press credentials though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that one that we mentioned way back when before yeah. Black Friday because they sell out so quickly. Right, I do um, remember that. But obviously, that's a huge event um, in downtown Cleveland, uh, a big Ohio beer festival there. Um, and then I think we'll have a uh, we'll have some. Uh, it's fish fry season, so I know a mm-hmm. lot of breweries are doing uh, teaming up with some fish fry things. So uh, if you're also looking for a fish fry, try your local yeah. brewery. We have a Cincy Winter Beer Fest going on uh, next weekend. March 6th and 7th at the Duke Energy Center, presented by 50 West, Sierra Nevada, and the Party Source. So a lot of beers rolling around. Uh, You know, some of the other beers, you know, Platform, Rheingeist, Cigar City, Braxton. So some, you know, Midwest breweries all bringing their their winter beers, hundreds of craft beers, live music. uh, You know, so two big nights of winter beer. If you're a winter beer fan and you're in the Cincinnati area, uh, winter Cincinnati Winter Beer Fest at the Duke Energy Center next week. Tickets still available? Uh, yes, I believe so. Tickets are still available. Oh, nice. So you can buy either Friday from 6.30 to 11 p.m., Saturday from 12 to 4.30, or Saturday night from 6.30 to 11. So mm. certainly cool. You can get 25 samples of uh, 8-ounce beers. So wow. certainly cool to see. Plenty of festivals out there for you Ohio Craft Beer fans. Um, as always, you can learn more at ohiocraftbeer.org. Uh, and yeah, check out uh, check out some local breweries for some fish fries this season. Uh, Greg, you want to read us some uh, national headlines? What's going on outside of the uh, Ohio landscape? Landscape, yeah. Thank yeah, you. sure. We'll get into the national headlines. I'm not going to play the song again. Bum, you got it bum, for your beer. Bum, 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 bum. Zach right. beeps. Hmm? In <laughs> college can't basketball, for anything. this can't. is uh, we're coming up on the final week of the regular season for most of the major conferences. Uh, some big Saturday upsets again this week in the sport of college basketball. Uh, TCU beating number two Baylor, Clemson with a big win at home versus number six Florida State, uh, Virginia taking down number seven Duke for their second loss in the last two weeks, and then number twenty four. Michigan State with a big win over number nine, Maryland. Uh, As we mentioned, a ton of college basketball tournaments, uh, conference tournaments starting this week. Uh, Thirteen conferences start their tournaments this week with the A-Sun, Big South, Horizon, and Patriots starting Tuesday. The Mountain West, the NEC, and the OVC starting Wednesday. The West Coast and the Missouri Valley conferences starting Thursday. SOCON starts Friday, and the Colonial Sunbelt and Summit starts Saturday. So a lot of basketball all around. Uh, if you're a conference tournament basketball fan like I am, there's a ton to do. Uh, NFL Combine went on this past week. Uh, some of the notable headlines, uh, both Burrow and Tua uh, did not throw a workout. Also, Chase Young decided not to work out. Uh, some of the standouts from the NFL Combine in the 40-yard dash Henry Ruggs, the wide receiver from Alabama, who had hoped to beat the 4.22 record of the 40-yard dash by uh, John Ross, came up just short with a 4.27, but that's still the fourth fastest all time. 
the big surprise in the 40-yard was Isaiah Simmons, uh, the linebacker slash defensive back from Clemson, had a 4.39 40-yard dash, which was the fifth fastest of all players at the Combine, all four ahead of him being wide receivers. The other big news coming out of the NBA, uh, kind of a big war of wor- words coming on between um, the Milwaukee Bucks' Giannis Antetokounmpo and the uh, Rockets' James Harden. Uh, during the All-Star Game uh, player draft, Giannis was one of the captains and uh, did not pick Harden for one of his picks. When asked why he didn't take, quote, the dribbler, Giannis made the joke that he wanted someone who would actually pass the ball. Uh, Harden took exception to that and responded during an interview this week during Rachel Nichols, said, quote, I wish I could just run seven feet tall and just run and dunk like that takes no skill at all. So certainly some testiness coming on between these teams. Uh, One of the premier teams in the West being the Houston Rockets and the number one seed in the East being the Milwaukee Bucks. So just a little bit more spiciness, uh, a little bit more this league going on in the NBA, guys. That is the news. Heating up. Yeah. uh, Why so hostile, man? uh, Well, I think, All over a pick. It's like bad. It's like at the back of the schoolyard or something now. Like, why wasn't I picked? Oh, the NBA is the worst. They they complain and threaten to fight each other, and they just turn into slapping. Like baseball, they'll throw they'll throw haymakers at each other when they go out there. Shout out uh, Amir Garrett. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking at these guys, you know, you've seen Harden over the last so many years, kind of be the guy that you know draws the fouls, has the weird step back, you know, kind of takes advantage of the rules of the game. He gets called out for it and then takes, you know, kind of takes a shot at the the alien that's seven foot that's dunking. Hey, I mean, I, look, Harden's a great player, but his style doesn't win champion. You know, they're not going to win a championship. Like, they have no shot, yeah. in my opinion. They're not. I mean, his, he's a, you know, he's a ball hog. He's going to score. They run t- too many ISAs. He just needs to keep his mouth shut, man. Just collect your paychecks and hang out. That's what you want to do anyway. Go to the strip clubs in Houston. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really what, all that's I That's what you want to do. As someone that has his jersey retired by a Houston strip club, then <laughs> that's James Harden for you. All <laughs> right. Like he can't, he can't like, get through a season right now without just keeping his head down and his mouth no, shut. No, and everything. it's always like, like it's always I said, something, it's something super trivial stupid, like this. Yeah. He's drawn a couple fouls. In the games and uh, in life, getting in some scrums uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. What could have been if OKC had not traded him, though? That would have been an interesting... Uh, what could have been? Yeah, OKC got their butts whooped the other night by like 50 or 60 yeah. points to the Bucks. So, yeah. yeah, what could have been? I'm sure they're all asking themselves. Certainly what could have been. Well, what from what could have been to what is going from the uh, NBA to college basketball, as we mentioned... 13 tournaments starting this week, uh, you know, and then the rest of the tournaments starting next week. Uh, you know, we kind of touched on some of the Ohio tournaments starting, you know, when, when they start. But as far as a national perspective, Zach, which of these national tournaments mm. would you say interests you the most? Um, yeah, I would say I think the Big 12 is interesting to me just with the, the Baylor KU 1-2 uh, in the AP poll. Um, I think that's the – I mean, I still think the Big 10 – is by far going to be the best tournament. I mean, just the depth, the quality of play, um, the physicality of it, which Mark Turgeon and Maryland still don't seem to understand how this is going, even though they've been there for six years now. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for that. And then outside of uh, the you know the Big 12 is pretty top-heavy. Um, other than that, I mean, 
I think the SEC will be interesting. Uh, UK obviously is always up there, but then you kind of got Auburn, LSU both up there. You know, some pretty talented teams. That'll be an interesting tournament. Yeah, I would probably say uh, the one that I'm most looking forward to is probably you know outside of Ohio, it's probably the Big Twelve because you got you know Kansas and Baylor, but both kind of look shaky with Baylor losing, yeah. Kansas struggling with Kansas State. Uh, you got some teams kind of. You know, on the up and up with Texas, you know, who was out of the tournament but has gotten some big wins, most notably at Texas Tech yesterday. And you have West Virginia, who is a top, you know, top 25 team that's lost, you know, like I think four or five. So they're kind of slipping. So you have a lot of teams that are kind of up and down right now. The other one that I'd probably say is the Pac-12. Former Cincinnati coach Mick Cronin has the UCLA Bruins in sole possession of first place in the Pac-12 after starting the season 8-9 and nine with some terrible losses versus Hofstra and Cal State Fullerton. So that's kind of a wild conference, you know, with Washington being one of the top teams coming into the league. They're like 2-12 and 12 in the league. Arizona's been up and down. Oregon's been up and down. And things kind of get crazy on the, yeah. on the West Coast, you know. Pac-12 after dark, you get Bill Walton in the booth, and you never know what's going to happen. What about you, Josh? Uh, Craig, I'm looking forward to the Big East. Um, you know the Big oh, East. Oh, I know the big Xavier fan over here, oh, Josh, the intern, coming in with the Xavier. Yeah, what about the Big East besides Xavier? Nothing about Xavier. I, you guys are just horrible. Just because I was honest about a UC pick, <laughs> uh, Creighton, Georgetown, Marquette, Seton Hall, Villanova, right into it. Butler, uh, Providence, and yes. Zeta. No, I mean, I agree. I think the Big East, I actually have a uh, – do you just want me to go down my picks? I have some of the big tournaments, my sure, picks. Yeah, please. Um, all right, so the – Big Ameri- East is crowded is what I was saying. Well, it is, yeah. I think that and the Big Ten's really – Yeah, they're both very, very crowded. Very intriguing. Yeah. Um, American, you know, as a UC alum going with the Bearcats. Oh! Oh! I know Josh is going to pick Tulsa, oh. I think. And then um, ACC, going to go with Coach K and the Duke. Dukies. The Dukies, baby. Uh, Big 12, I'm going to go with KU. Um, that A10, Dayton, obviously. Dayton Flyers. Um, the Big East, going with my boy, Jay Wright, the pinstripe suits, Nova, all the way. Wow. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Big 10, I'm going to say OSU because I love my Buckeyes. Honestly, though, I, that's such a crap shit. I couldn't even. I wrote down like seven teams. Who knows? That's going to be interesting. Pac-12, uh, going to go with Cronin and the boys. Uh, the Bruins. Boo. Oh, get over it. And, and the SEC, I'm going with Auburn. Auburn, really? Yeah. Uh, I would say in the Big East, how dare you disrespect Greggy McBuckets and my Creighton Blue Jays. Okay. Omaha, somewhere in America. They've been great. <laughs> Nebraska. They probably have one of the best resumes that you don't know about. Have no, you know, nine do. quad one wins. They've been a solid team. They've I mean, been I able go- to beat all the top about teams. Seton Hall. Yeah. Seton Hall relies a little bit too much on jump shooting. I'm not. I'm, I uh, worry about them when they get into the tournament. Jays are what win championships, Greg. The mid-range J. Thanks, Carmelo. Let's, <laughs> let's not worry about that. Uh, UC, or, uh, in the Pac-12, UCLA is a team that's played very well. Obviously, they're finally adopting the Mick Cronin uh, actually, you know, Defense is all you do kind of deal. <laughs> um, I would probably go with Oregon. Of course, you know, senior guard play, very important. Peyton Pritchard, one of the best guards in the nation. Uh, as far as the SEC goes, like LSU, like Auburn, but I feel like 
just despite me and everything I love, Kentucky's going to win. Because, ugh, ugh. I couldn't do it. No. What about you, Gross. Josh? Who do you have? Uh, in the SEC, uh, I actually like LSU. Um, oh, they've all had three different. All they've right. had some up we'll and wait downs. In them, boys. I've bet on them too many times, and they've hurt me. For me. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I've never bet on they're, them. But. They're a really up and down team, but they've definitely like had the big games. Uh, they have, you know, they've shown they can stick around. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I think, if they can stick around and not go to a drought, droughts and not get blown out in games, then right, they can they can pull off the SEC. I think. Uh, Big Ten. God, yeah. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't. I was trying. I was trying to think about someone. I was like, Maryland, don't trust. Yeah. Michigan State, don't, don't trust. trust. No. I don't trust Michigan anybody. State, I don't uh, trust Penn State it's, certainly don't yeah. trust. Illinois, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, none of, I, I don't trust Ohio State. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? God, I, I, I was almost close to saying Wisconsin, but I don't like to do that. Ohio State might be a decent pick at this. No, point. I mean, I think any of those teams are a good pick. Like, I don't. I wouldn't say you were crazy for picking anybody, honestly. Uh, yeah, pretty much. If you don't pick Northwestern or Nebraska, you're probably yeah. You probably have probably as good of a chance as any. I could see Indiana or Purdue or any of those. You know, like Matt Painter. You yeah, know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota. You got. You know, Richard Petit like I could see any of those teams. I'm gonna say Ohio Dick State. Yeah. Their offense is trending in the right direction. Uh ACC it's probably Duke. Um I can see Louisville squeezing one out maybe, but Louisville has shown that they are prone to uh choking. Yeah. Choking away big Duke's games. Duke's lost too many games. Uh Virginia's gotten themselves in, in too many close games. What about Florida State? Louisville, yeah, Louisville I've not trusted, so I'm going to go with Florida State. Florida oh. State honestly, because yeah. I just think they're probably the most complete team and even though they lost, you know, to Clemson, you know, going to Clemson South Carolina not Clemson's place, always that team every year who has a couple a big game. wins, but then otherwise is like yeah, on the bubble or doesn't make it. Yeah, like, they're like they thirteen never... and seventeen with like four top twenty-five wins. It's yeah, just, they have the it, weirdest it no resume. Sense. But uh, yeah, we'd probably have to go with them. But once again, probably any of the top. I would say any of the top four teams. If you pick anyone outside of that, I don't really believe it. But probably one of those top four teams will figure it out. Big Twelve, I like Kansas. Big East, I like Nova. Uh, that's just that's just experience right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the players, the coaches as well. I mean, Villanova's filled in uh, some uh, key seniors that left last year. Guys have stepped up in Jay those Wright's roles. Jay Wright's had a role yeah. since 09, man. Yeah. They're right. always – It's uh, a classic Jay Wright. Honestly, I would honest. say – Big loss at home yesterday against Ed Cooley and them boys. Do you want to talk about the UCLA of the East? Uh, Providence, some terrible losses early in the season, but they've been rolling recently. Uh, you know, obviously yeah. just one in Philly against Nova. They could be one of those teams that's right on the bubble that could make a lot of noise and maybe steal a bid mm-hmm. getting through the Big East tournament. I'd probably pick Creighton, but Providence would be my sleeper team in the Big East. Uh, Pack, I've got Arizona um, and AAC. I've Nico got, Madness. Even though I said they're not going to get the one seed and you guys are going to say I'm a Xavier fan, but I do love my cats and they're winning the American your social media handle is King of Norwood, so I don't that know why you're not, trying to come in that here. That is not. I've met that dude. Weird dude. <laughs> don't talk about yourself like that, Josh. Please, come on. We can't, be, we can't be calling ourselves weird dudes. We're trying to. I know you guys can't see because we don't we don't show this online, but Josh is actually wearing a Xavier jersey right I'm now. I'm literally <laughs> wearing a Kenyon Martin jersey right wearing now. A Shane, oh my god. Wearing his, uh, not Shane Larkin, uh, not Barry Larkin. Who was the Larkin that played for Xavier? You would know. You would know. I would not know. Larkin for Xavier. Yeah, he's wearing a Xavier. 
Um, actually, no, I'm just kidding. That is the baller ass jersey, though. Yeah. I love those jerseys. Kmart, man. I wish they would bring those back. The Jordan. Yeah, the jump, those are jump ends, yeah. yeah. Jump man, jump man, jump man, jump. All right, um, <coughs> we got uh, NFL Combine we want to talk about uh, real quick. Yeah, NFL Combine, uh, one of the most exciting times. If you like to watch... Uh, Grown men run around in t-shirts and spandex. Yeah, giant men running around in spandex. I think women should make up majority of like the viewership of this. I right? had I had a friend of mine uh, ask me who is not initiated to sports whatsoever. Uh, we were at a bar and he was like, why are these men running around <laughs> circles and picking up these bags and then dropping them on the other side of the circle? And then they just sprint down the field. What's happening? Why are we watching this? Oh, no. My favorite one is uh, – the offensive linemen, they just have, like, the, the one offensive lineman does, like, spins and the other guy, like, tries to, like, catch him right to left. It's it's electric. Actually, my favorite drill, though, I will watch, though, is the gauntlet. The receiver gauntlet oh, is yeah. always the best. Like, that's the one drill, like, that's pretty damn difficult. And, like, you see guys take some to the face. Like, I mean, because those, those balls are coming in hot. That's probably the one drill. I'm like, okay, there's legitimacy here. The rest of the drills, they just really are supposed to back up what's on film. Oh, I love watching the 40-yard dash. Uh, I mean, hands down. So, quickness and speed boom. are two different things, and you're not often getting straight line untouched. I mean, but yeah, um, I, I mean, got some thoughts. Interesting to see. Yeah, what do you what do you have based on your thoughts? Uh, first of all, favorite member of the weekend was Jeffrey Okuda's clap back there. Uh, if anybody didn't see it, a reporter Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State, probably the number one uh, DB. In yeah, probably. Draft. I mean, depending I on where the pick, maybe. Well, I was going to say depending on where the quarterbacks go, at least yeah. the top five pick. Right um, now, mocked to the I think the Lions at yeah. three. But he was uh, doing his uh, inter, you know, post workout interviews and um, God, reporters, man, just do your research or don't say anything. So some reporter questioned him on, you know, when you look on tape, like, do you think this your workouts help solidify you? Because uh, you know, on tape you look kind of sloppy and uh, his. <laughs> His face was just completely like, what? He's like, uh, maybe you were going to rerun that tape again because uh, he's like, I had zero pass interferences last year, uh, no penalties, and like the lowest QBR against in the entire country. He's like, so I'm not really sure what you were watching. Uh, I just shut thought that down. was shut down. It's hilarious. Um, you need to find that. Um, a couple other quick notes. Justin Herbert. Man, that kid is just all the tools in the world. So I don't know consistency. He would be my top quarterback, honestly. I think really? he's got – I've said that going in. I knew he was going to kill the workout, and he did. I mean, everything. Six, what is he, 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, 6'5", like 6'6", six, 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 something like that. Big kid. He's fat. I mean, for his size, he moves well. I, he's I, strong. I thought the most interesting thing based on all of them was the uh, – there was a bet between the two draft experts at ESPN uh, – Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper actually have a five grand bet based on who's going to be taken first between Herbert and Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. Uh, also kind of a light bloomer, but a tall guy, a little bit yeah. more mobility. Did not quite show it too well on tape, but also at a very good combine. So if you're going to look at the four quarterbacks in the first round, you're probably looking at uh, Burrow to uh, Herbert Love and then maybe at the very back end, I mean, uh, I- an Easton or a Fromm. Well, I, I think Eason's ahead of Fromm. Um, but, I, I mean, I think he – Herbert, the only thing was inconsistency at Oregon. I think he has all the measurables. He hit, Like, to me, it should be Herbert, Burrow, right behind him. Two, uh, two of the injuries worry me. What? He throws with the correct hand. You can't put him down that far. 
The injuries, man. I think he's a big question. People don't yeah, get that. Yeah, That's, the injuries there. If I'm going to spend fifty million dollars, but I with Herbert, wanna... yeah, I said I said that in October uh, when, like, in our first couple episodes, that I really liked Herbert mm-hmm. and I thought that he was going to make uh, like a run there, and then they and then they completely slipped up as a team coming out of the gate in yeah. November. Um, eventually, obviously, got things together. But yeah, he's he's an interesting piece because he's one of those where you have Burrow, who's I think more developed and more integrated into. I think he's a better cerebral quarterback and different things like that. I think there's nuance. But with better. Herbert, you, I think you can kind of take a, a a quarterback mold. Kind of, you know, you can take him and kind of. I think yeah. he's the guy if he can sit for a couple of years, right? Exactly. Learn, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, if he nuance. goes, if he goes twelve or something, you know, yeah. sits for a year, he's got the arm. You know, he can. You can tell based on his years at Oregon that he's, you know, kind of improved up. Uh, you know, obviously made some big throws in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. He's he certainly move, a guy. Man. He's one of those guys. His legs impressed me against Wisconsin. He made some big I plays think, with his legs. Well, I think he kind of. Uh, a lot of people fit him into the. Josh Allen mold at Buffalo, which isn't a bad mold, but I would say he's even he's a step above. Oh, Josh well, I was going to say he's it doesn't quite have the arm, although he has a big arm. Yeah, Josh Allen has a huge arm, but I think he's he has more arm. more accuracy, mm-hmm. you know, in the mid range throws, which is super important in the NFL. You see all those, you know, seven to twelve yard right. throws. So I think he was decently accurate in there, and I think he's going to be one of those guys. He could be one of those guys that you know is picked in the you know. 10 to 16 range mm-hmm. that you're like really that guy was you know a number 10 pick overall like a maybe not quite to the level of a pat mahomes but a guy that you know is a very impressive quarterback that you go maybe a deshaun watson but yeah he was picked 12 like shouldn't he have been a top five pick at least right i here's my i'm gonna say this right now hot takes Zach's hot takes um i think justin herbert will be the best quarterback to come out of this draft that is a hot take I do. I think that in the long hot. run, and I and look, I think just I think Joe Burrow will be. I think he's gonna be better than Andy Dalton, but I think Justin Herbert will be like a superstar. I think he, yeah, maybe. I, I won't be surprised, and I'll uh, give you props for calling it if 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 and when it happens. Yeah, and uh, lastly, I was just gonna touch. I mean, the running backs I think are interesting. Um, you know, Dobbins didn't run obviously with a high ankle sprain. He barely has had a chance to really work out. So don't blame him for not working out. Um, but I was actually impressed with John Taylor running a sub four four one forty uh two twenty five. So um, I actually like the running back class. I don't think there's like a major stud. There's not an easy E in there, but I think there's a lot of good backs who are gonna have very productive careers um, out of that group. Yeah, it's, it's the running back field's kind of been quiet, but yeah, there's there's a few guys in there that uh you know there's not like you said, there's not a standout guy really. Yeah. Um Cause I'd yeah. like the Packers to draft one of these to team up with like Aaron Jones, like yeah. a J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Jones would be like a two-headed nightmare or something like that, or a Jonathan Taylor. That'd be. Uh, what'd you guys think of uh, Burrow? We'll try and segue into our, our uh, segment here, but mm. uh, Burrow kind of shut down the reports of you know he'll play wherever he gets drafted. I think he'll. I, I, I think he did good. From all accounts, he killed in the interviews. Um, yeah, I've heard interview. he even impressed. You yeah. know, some of the psychopaths that are in the in the Bengals front office. So, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, to be able to tell him, you know, hey, I'll go wherever I want to go. I'm not pulling an Eli Manning. I think that was kind of a, and I'm sure you'll agree, something that was kind of manufactured by the media. Yeah. You know, the Bengals obviously have been, uh, you know, not. A, more of a dysfunctional franchise. And I can say that as a Browns fan. It's been a super dysfunctional I, franchise. 
But I at think the end Jordan of the day, Palmer. when you're a yeah, when you're a top pick, like you, you want to go where you want to go. He's an Ohio guy. I know he's not a Cincinnati guy. He's an Athens guy, but it's still like yeah, it's a chance to kind of you know show what you originally can do. from Nebraska too. I mean, his dad coached in Nebraska for many years under yeah. Frank Solich, so a little different. But um, now I think Jordan Palmer even came out this week and was like, "Look, yeah. I'm I'm working out with him." I have not in any way, neither has Carson. <laughs> uh, whatever you think about Carson, you want to believe that. But, you know, they've said what he's – no one's telling him not to play there in Cincinnati. Like, he's like, I think Cincinnati has some good pieces there for him, and he wants to go number one. Who doesn't? So he's yeah, going to go I mean, play that's more, there. That's more the deal. The guys want to yeah. go number one, and, and you know, they want to show. And if you're not a quarterback that thinks you can go anywhere and, and turn a franchise around, then, you know oh. – because honestly, even if you go top five, you're going to the Dolphins or the Lions mm-hmm. or the Bengals. You're just going to a lot of dysfunctional franchises. Yeah. What do you think, Josh, as the Bengals fan here? Um, yeah, I was happy to see that whole thing get shut down. Um, I really don't understand the narrative that uh, Miami would be a better place for Joe Burrow. I mean, Miami. I think the, the idea is they're, 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 they're doing an amazing job in their rebuild right now yes, as far as fair. picks and gathering assets the Bengals are not <laughs> doing that very well yeah i guess my my thing with it is is i, but guess, I agree yeah. they're both di- i think miami's historically been more dysfunctional over the last decade it's like the Bengals have the pieces now um the dolphins don't uh while they are doing a good job with that rebuild and then it's also that like the dolphins are a more winning franchise than the Bengals. uh the dolphins Which is complete I, I totally yeah. agree with you i don't under the Bengals went to the playoffs six what six years in yeah, a row the Bengals, at one point there are so many teams out there that have been it doesn't matter they got there when, all you gotta do is get there they had bad luck i mean right? yeah we're just talking like winning seasons which yeah. i know is a not a really a thing for you greg uh <laughs> But we're just talking winning seasons. There are so many other teams, including the Cleveland Browns, that have not had winning seasons, have had like one winning season in the I mean, past five years. And the Dolphins have been, since Dan Marino, was that 99 right. when Marino left? The Dolphins have been utterly atrocious. They had a couple of playoff, playoff seasons. Jay Feely playoff years? Season. Yeah. No, but, the, the Tannehill year where he uh, got hurt. But, okay. Tannehill's a been couple, to a, since, oh, Tannehill's been to an AFC year, championship. 23. 20, 21 years. Okay, sorry, they've had a couple. I'm sorry. I mean, the Bengals have had more. <laughs> I don't. I don't get that. But the interview. The interview sounds like it uh, went pretty well between Burrow and the Bengals front office. Yahoo Ligans. I do want to touch on one thing, kind of a high related, national related. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this week. Uh, Colin Cowherd and uh, um, <clears throat> he uh, posted a video. Well, from his show, you know, they post video clips, and one of the clips was on his talk on. The Washington Redskins and their quarterback situation. And basically he came out and said, well, they should take Tua and just cut Haskins. He's done. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I and this. I was, I tweeted back at him. I was like, thanks for the lazy analysis because a kid who came in, he should not have played. No, he should not. Haskins needed a year. They, they fired their coach halfway through. He has all the talent in the world. Um, that's and he a looked stupid, a lot better at the end of the year. He was up and down, and he was going to be. He's one year as a starter. But that's he's what I mean. Sometimes when he got some development, like twelve to what twelve to six, 16, like those yeah. last four games, he looked a lot better. He did, and, and he's it's getting, one of those things where he, you knew he was a two-year project yeah. coming in. Yeah, you it's insane. That. It's a stupid. I'm just, I'm just upset with some of these people's stupid takes like that. And the Redskins aren't going to do that. They're all. I mean, Dan Snyder's all in on Haskins. And I mean, you look at Pat Mahomes sat uh, a while, 
Aaron Rodgers sat two, almost three years. I mean, some guys, I'm a big believer in sometimes these quarterbacks, you need to let them sit a little bit. Well, you have to let them learn, especially, you know, a guy like Haskins that only started one year. And you look at a lot of these guys, you know, most of the quarterbacks that have come in that have played really well right away are the guys that have played three. You know, even a Mitch Trubisky only started one year in college, you know, played 13 games in college. Yeah. So you could tell there's still... He's still learning right now. There's still, yeah, there's still, uh, you know, a learning curve and everything. So it's really difficult, especially in quarterbacks, to figure it out, you know, year one to year two. And honestly, I'm just, I'm not sure with the love of Tua. Like I said, he'd be my third guy on the board right now. I'm not sure what the love is there. I don't like his frame. He's he's kind of slight. He's already had like two surgeries. So he's had three surgeries. Three he's surgeries. gotten the, he's gotten the ankle surgeries on both <laughs> ankles, which they say can help him for the future. But he's one of those guys that's been injury prone, and I understand that. As far as if health wasn't an issue, guy throws an unbelievable I mean, deep does. ball. He an does. unbelievable deep ball moves moves pretty well. But he's one of those guys that you look at. All these quarterbacks that are injury prone in, in college, aside of it, you know, being like, well, they tore their ACL once, which just kind of happened. You know, sometimes yeah. it kind of happens. But you look at these guys like an RG three or a Tua or something like that. When the hits get harder, you're still your body's still going to break down, and and you're kind of on the edge of this stuff. I, so, I think Tua has to go to the right situation. He could be the best player. But I think he has to go to the right situation, especially with the better offense. I, just, I don't buy it. I think you have that long of an injury list, and he is a slight frame guy. He is. He's slight. And I've always said my quarterback, I want 6'3 above, you know, 220. What? I mean, Russell Wilson, people point out Russell Wilson. That's fair. But Russell Wilson's a sturdy guy. He's not a little— Oh, like, no, yeah. you got to at least be—if you're going to be shorter, you got to be sturdy. That's what I mean. Okay. I, okay, I'm not necessarily cutting out shorter guys. Like, Baker's a little sturdy, too. I was going to say, if you're going to cut out Drew Brees and Russell Wilson but and they're sturdier. our Lord and Savior Baker Mayfield, then <laughs> they're sturdy. And, and Baker's supposed to cut some weight this year to help a well, little yeah, bit. Well, yeah, Baker's but, trying to find that between that yeah. skinny frame and that sturdy frame and yeah. kind of, you know, be able to move a little bit but still be big but enough to be able to like, take some of the hits. A little bit bigger than me. I mean, like, he's about my frame and size. Like, I would not hold up. <laughs> Even if I had the talent, I'd be killed. So, I don't get two of them. He's a, a third. Yeah. To me, a quarterback. So, I would say my, my two big takeaways. One would be um, the offensive lineman from Iowa, Tristan mm-hmm. Wirfs, who had, uh, you know, he yeah. broke the combine record in vertical jump for an, all, for an offen- offensive lineman, uh, tied the record in broad jump, uh, you know, Ran a four sub nine forty, so it's one of those things that you know he's been. His really tape good. is great too, so he's just he solidified himself, I think. Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that uh, quarterback class shakes out. I think uh, I don't know about Tua. I can't, I go back and forth on it. The thing, the, the whole three surgeries thing. That's at just, his age. You're gonna get fifty million dollars at least. Yeah, I just I can't do it if I'm anybody. I'm like nah. Yeah, three surgeries at that age is is I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a career under like I'm not saying he shouldn't be drafted off of that. It's no. just it's just you can't you can't not look at that and have some level of concern. Exactly. So yeah, certainly everybody so, just keeps overlooking that, and I'm like, mm. it'll be one of those things. So he's we, gonna miss a whole year. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna do be able to do some practice and workout, but that's kind of a whole year of development there that he's gonna be sitting. Well, it'll be certainly one of those things that, you know, we'll kind of keep an eye on on 30 Rack Sports uh, podcast 
on Facebook and Twitter as the draft starts to come out. We're you know less than two months at this point away from the draft. We'll be figuring out who are the Bengals taking at one, probably Joe Burrow, and you know throughout the draft, who are the Browns taking at ten? Hopefully an offensive lineman, but it'll certainly be something it's that really will, the Lions to me are on the board, and they might be solidified with Lakuda, so they might be dropped with four. Yeah, where are these quarterbacks going to go? Where's you know uh, Tua, Herbert, Jordan Love? Jordan Love. Where are they going to go? How is that going to shake up teams as it does you know every year in the draft? Be curious to see. Only about a month out from uh, opening day. Well, less than a month. Less than a month for opening 20, day. March 26th. Yeah. Uh, March Madness, the Masters. Oh, yeah, uh, the Masters. And, yeah, in the draft from uh, beautiful Las Vegas. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be fun. We got some uh, crumbles, zingers, and, and jeers to get to after well, we take another sip of. Before we do that, we want to shout out one last time mommy bay brewing company their total eclipse breakfast out uh 9.1 abv 30 ibus it's a heavy beer as we mentioned it's got all those crisps espresso flavors you know everything that you'd want in a good hearty breakfast out it's got all those flavors it's dark but it's drinkable exactly and it's one of those nice, hey, hair of the dog, Sunday yeah. morning beers. So it's a great Sunday morning beer. Definitely glad to be drinking this this morning with you guys. Super flavorful, uh, Maumee Bay Brewing Company in Toledo. Their Total Eclipse Breakfast Stout is our beer of the week. All right, and then also want to shout out our social media one more time at 30 Rack Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, soon to be Instagram. Also want to shout out one more time. Remember, we will have our... Uh, bracket challenge 430 rack podcast mm-hmm. on the espn bracket challenge be sure to join be sure to tell whoever you want to winner gets a exclusive 30 rack podcast shirt so be sure to join be sure to go up against us and then also we'll post the picture on twitter so people get a look at them and then also uh tweet out what you think the loser between the three of us on the bracket challenge should, should have do. to do what's our yep. punishment please let us know We'll be excited to read. We'll probably discuss that more next week on 30 Rack, episode 20. Episode 20 next week. That's crazy. We've survived at least 19 episodes so far. So thank you so much to who's ever listening. Uh, Be sure to share with your friends. We love doing this. And, uh, you know, any feedback we can get, you know, any shares we can get, we very much appreciate. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Rate us five stars. Who wants to uh, partake in the parting takes? Alrighty, first. so in our parting takes, of course, we all have our issues with Ohio sports. We all have our issues with national sports. So we're zinging, we're jeering, we're grumbling. Zach, who are you zinging today on 30 Rack? Mark Turgeon, uh, head coach of the Maryland men's basketball team who... Shout out, Terps. <laughs> who fell uh, Ohio State over... Uh, well, Oh man, I'm so bad with dates. What was that last? That was last uh, Thursday. Last Sunday. Sunday. Jeez. Um, you know, after the game, our, obviously, our Turgeon was very upset. There was a uh, somewhat questionable technical foul call and everything like that. Um, he went on to call um, Caleb Weston, Ohio State's big center, a bully, and basically stated that the refs. Yeah, uh, let him do whatever he let wanted. Let him do which is. Welcome to the Big Ten, sir. Uh, this is this is how Big Ten basketball is physical, but I think that was completely inappropriate. He went ahead and doubled down the next day 
on it as well. Um, Chris Holtman clapped back a little bit as Mark Turgeon complains about everything and was complaining about the 9 p.m. tip-off that they've had several times. Um, And Chris Holtman, as I said, a 9 p.m. tip-off against Nebraska was like, I love the 9 p.m. tip-off. We got here at a decent time. Like, I don't... (laughs) I don't want to complain um, like Mark Turgeon. And um, I'm actually pretty excited because I did read a Maryland blog talking about this whole kind of Chris Holtman, Mark Turgeon deal going on. And because Maryland, since they moved to the ACC, doesn't have a rivalry and their fans hate it. So they're like, they're kind of hoping this might build into like a big rivalry. Kind yeah, because you don't really have the like Rutgers, who cares? So, yeah. You know what? At the end of the day, like having another rival is cool. Having Maryland kind of become that Big Ten, you know. And they are the Big team. Ten stand and bear generally in basketball. They have been since they've come in with Michigan State. So, I mean, it's fun. Um, I, I, I do. I don't hate to hate on Mark Turgeon, but he's just being a baby, and I think. Yeah, you know, he was one. There was the Cowan technical, which I thought was kind of questionable. Yeah. But, you know, calling out um, a college you know, kid, Wesson, for being kind of a bully, I thought. Yeah. That aside, was weird. Of the, aside of the technical, I thought, you know, which I thought was a little bit weird, I thought yeah. the, um, the, you know, the, the refereeing in that game was, was decently fair. And that was kind of, you know, their they fault. Let, they putting, let stuff go in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is notorious, but yeah. it is a physical league. And it's then, kind of the old Big East. And then anymore, the other thing is but. with him calling out the late tips, like each team gets a $22 million check from the yeah. Big Ten network every year. Like you're going to have to play back-to-backs. I understand having to go from Maryland to, Nebraska, or Maryland right. to Minnesota and play at 9 o'clock sucks. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do that a couple Everybody times. Everybody has Ohio to do that. Ohio State has to do that. You know, Nebraska has to do that going all the way east. Yeah. All these teams have to do it, and it's just kind of part It's just of he life. complains a lot. I'm just, like, tired of hearing about it. I mean, I, I love it at the same time, so it just creates, like, these little, like I said, uh, whatever you want to call it, controversies. But I don't know. Grow up, man. You're an adult. All right. From Zach Zingers to Josh's jeers. Josh, who are you jeering this week? Uh, I actually have a true uh, jeer in the sense of uh, you used to see on uh, Sports Nation or something where they'd uh, bring out the, the crying faces or the laughing faces. Oh, yeah. Boo. This is definitely one of those. I need like the clown music for <laughs> it. Thank you. Uh, so Tim Tebow, he's out playing left field. Keep going. Keep going. He's out playing left field. He had a deep fly. Oh, it was a shallow fly. Actually, he had to run in. As he's running in, shoot. Lace face down into the dirt, ball comes dropping right in front of him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it was, uh, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty comical. Uh, just the way it was just one of those classic, like, cartoony oh, yeah. step on the shoelace, boom, and then yeah, ball like five seconds later drops right in front of him. Uh, I will say he did make a nice recovery, got up, fired it into second, uh, did. Did what he was supposed to there. Um, I'm just jeering him because of that uh, comical uh, misstep, if you will. I mean, it's just bad. Uh, one man. of many missteps. Uh, and uh, and uh, he looks so unathletic for a guy who looked so athletic, kind of. Like, exactly. You ways. go from seeing uh, like Heisman winner Tim Tebow to tripping over your shoelaces in left I, field like a little league player, just, Tim Tebow. It just points out to everybody, like, and he was a very good high school baseball player, like a very oh, good. Yeah. But it points out to everybody, like, oh, I've always said baseball is the most difficult sport because none of the skill sets, no, no other sport comes into play, honestly. Right. Like, everything's such a learned athletic skill. Athleticism helps to an extent, 
But yeah, mm, it's not like other sports where you can matter, make up for a lot of. Doesn't things. matter how athletic you are. Tracking yeah. a fly ball is its own deal. Hitting a you know ninety eight or hitting a you know an eighty five mile an hour yeah. Yeah, slider. And yeah, the guy had a two run bomb the other day. But uh, other fun fact about Tim Tebow that is uh, jeer worthy. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, Tim Tebow was born in the Philippines, uh, and will Filipino. be and will Filipino. be playing for. Uh, the uh, Team Philippines in the World Baseball Classic qualifiers. Uh, so, I mean, I don't hate him for that. I mean, why not? I guess. Um, yeah, I was born while his parents were on right, a mission they're trip a mission in, the, is, in the Philippines. Um, no, it's definitely cool. Um, I think it speaks to a larger issue. I don't want to call it an issue in baseball. I think this issue in baseball people overstate sometimes. But it's interesting to see – one of the most noted players in the game right now who's a minor league player right. who's going to play for Team Philippines yeah. in the World Baseball But Classic. honestly, I think that's one of those things. You see it a lot in the World Baseball Classic, some of these smaller countries. Well, Marco, Marco Scudero played for Italy. So did Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, not, not in the most recent one, but, but you yeah, know, it's, uh, it's a couple. One of, it's one of those things you have to measure. Like, it's cool for the game of baseball on a global aspect. And for I think major that's what we league have to remember, baseball, yeah, but yeah. but yeah, for the sake of baseball I mean, as a whole, I'm on curious a global how long level, this world good. baseball plus is going to go. Because the reason they came up with it was they pulled it out of the Olympics, and now uh, with it going back into the Asian countries, they brought it. I mean, baseball's big there; they brought it back in the Olympics. So I'm curious to see. Yeah, so it will be interesting. It's one of those things. This might know, be the last one. Years, uh, obviously, you know, there are countries. Italy gets a lot of people from Italian descent. Israel gets a lot of yeah. uh, you know uh, the Jewish Americans to to play for the team. Uh, Netherlands gets a lot of uh, Curacao because they're you know they're uh, uh, under the Netherlands kingdom mm-hmm. to, to play for the team. So it's certainly kind of a weird back and forth. I like it. It's fun. It's more baseball to me. It's fun. Yeah, but I, I think- don't like when they do it in the spring. I hate that. I wish they would just do what uh, like soccer does or hockey. Yeah, does. just do it during just- the winter. Do it during December. Why not? Because you're playing in Miami, Los Angeles. Or I mean, know. just just that every four years. That's the All Star break. Yeah, or something like that. So certainly uh, a cool thing, but certainly an issue for Tim Tebow. Uh, My grumble goes to Sinclair Media Group, and many of you may not know (sighs) the name, but they are a group that owns uh, all of the Fox regional sports networks uh, along with the Yes Network. So they uh, hold the rights to 16 of 30 MLB teams' TV rights as well as five of the eight Ohio sports Pro Teams TV rights, and they have just pulled uh, away from another streaming service in YouTube TV. They've pulled away recently from PlayStation View, who's no longer around, Fubo TV, and Dish Network. So uh, a place that's pulling baseball, you know, pulling the ability to watch Ohio sports away from streamers and everything else. And if you wonder why baseball's struggling, it's because it's they're, not struggling. They're playing hardball with all these people that are trying to watch. Trying to watch sports. And if you want to watch your team, if you want to watch the Indians, the crew. I can. I pay for MLB.tv. It's the Reds. It's ridiculous. Any of these teams. It's ridiculous because they try to play hardball and more and more contracts are being canceled. And eventually you're not going to be able to find them on anyone or on any service. You You know, you may be able to watch the Indians through MLB TV. But if you were in the local market, then you'd be much more. Yeah. You can go and stream so many other games from other sports, but you can't for baseball. And it blows my mind. Like, you have games in the afternoons uh, Mm -hmm. all the time in the summer. 
that like, I don't understand why it's so hard for them, why they don't want more people to watch baseball. I don't get it. Yeah, you can't post, you know, the clips onto Twitter. Yeah. And now with, you know, half of baseball kind of being, uh, you know, constricted by the fact that this company wants to play hardball and not allow local markets to be able to watch these teams. It's just another way that they're pulling baseball away from the local fan bases. So it's certainly something that's, you know, annoying and difficult and something that, you know, hurts a sport that, you know, obviously you guys enjoy more than me, but certainly yeah. um, a sport that we all really enjoy and love to watch. So something very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and Sinclair acquired the regional Fox sport networks after the merger with Fox and Disney. Mm. And Disney did not uh, pick them, those yeah. up. Um, I think they picked a few of like the the major markets. And they were up. they were constricted from but, being able to do that as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's if you if you have if you don't Sinclair Media Group is one of my most hated organizations in America. They're just if you have not read more about them, if you want to get grumpy like Greg, uh, go read about Sinclair Media Group. This is just one of many terrible things. It's like McKinsey do. Company. Alrighty, from oh, oh <laughs> yeah, my maybe not that bad. We'll but. get there. We'll get there. But uh, <laughs> let's lighten things up a little bit. Let's get to our shout-outs for the day. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports, episode 19. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Rack Podcast and soon to be on Instagram. Also, join our uh, College Bracket Challenge. So we're going to end this show on a lighter note, on our shout-outs. Zach, who are you shouting out this week? Uh, you guys know me. Currently, I don't get paid for my talents on here, but I hope to someday. Just like Tony Romo, who got $17 million from yeah. CBS. Money, money, Shout money. out, Tony. Get your money. $17 million a season. A season, yes. Yeah, sorry. That's crazy. That is. That's awesome. Money. All right, Josh, who are you shouting out? I am shouting out uh, one of the college basketball teams in Ohio that we did not mention. Uh, the College of Wooster basketball team. Ooh, what, what, Wooster. Uh, Coach, Coach Steve Moore's uh, final season. Uh, they knocked off Wittenberg to uh, capture the uh, – the uh, conference championship and go to their record 18th straight Division Three wow. NCAA tournament. Um, it crazy. They uh, ended the game on a 25 to two, uh, 22 five run against Wittenberg to shut wow. it out. Um, it is Coach Moore's uh, 868th career wins. He's got 781 at Wooster. His 868 career wins tie him for the second most in Division Three history. So uh, shout out to. Uh, Shout out to the College of Wooster uh, and go into their 18th straight NCAA Division III tournament. Awesome. Well, I am shouting out actually uh, the Reds, but not the Reds in Ohio, the proper Reds across the pond in England as a proper Red in Liverpool. You live in Liverpool? More or less. Their unbeaten streak in the EPL ended Saturday with a loss at Watford. Their unbeaten streak spanned over the course of two different seasons, 422 games, won 26 of their first 27 games, and looked to win their first league title in the Premier League era. So shout out to the Reds. You'll never walk alone. On you, Reds. And shout out to Liverpool FC. Impressive run. Impressive Very run impressive in run. all of sports. I know you're a big EPL guy, Zach, so Love appreciate it. bringing that up. All righty, 430 Rack of Sports. It's Zach and the Opinions. Yep. It's Josh on the ones and twos. See you. It's the talent, Greg. Thank you so much for listening to episode 19 of 30 Rack of Sports. Follow on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Rack Podcast. Peace.